Good evening. It is Tuesday night, 5.30 Eastern time, which means it is webinar time. Uh, and tonight we are going to talk about service dog certification. Uh, and this one I'm bringing up because it's a hot topic. Now, we just did a podcast on this a couple weeks ago, but I got a phone call yesterday. And, well, not a phone call. I got a Facebook message stream yesterday to the Dream Dogs Facebook page. And there are so many misconceptions out there. Thank you, Terry. Yeah, me too. Um, there's so many misconceptions out there on sort of dog certifications that I wanted to address it in a live format so you guys could ask me your questions uh, and we can get this taken care of. It's not going to be once and for all, but maybe people can find it and understand what exactly certification for service dogs is, what it means and how it affects you. Okay. So first of all, there is no legal nationwide certification for your service dog. It is not like registering a car. It is not like getting a driver's license. It's not like even getting a handicap placard. Um, you do not need to register or certify your dog anywhere, except if, um, if you live in a county and you need to get the dog tags, you still need to get the dog tags. Um, so your dog's there. Your dog still needs to be up to date on vaccines, especially the rabies. Uh, you know, those are necessities for your dog. But a lot of people, they'll contact us and they'll tell me that they want certification for their service dog. Um, they want to register their service dog after they're done training with us. Will the dog be certified? Well, technically, yes. For the certifications that are available after training with us, your dog will be certified. And that is because um, you, what we do, what our goal is with every dog who comes in, is they have four tests, possibly five tests that they have to pass. If they start as a puppy, there's the AKC star puppy. Now that's only for dogs up to a year old. Okay, so there's the AKC star puppy. There's the AKC canine good citizen, canine good citizen urban, and canine good citizen community canine. So four of those tests are AKC tests. Now passing those tests does not make your dog a service dog. So you have a pet dog and pass those tests and that's fine. Then there's also the public access test. Okay, now everybody has their own version of it. There is no legitimate, this is the one public access test. Um, there's two that I found online. One of them was through ADI, which is Assistance Dogs International, which is an organization. And then I found another one through the um, Psychiatric Service Dog um, Organization. I think it's like Psych Service Dog is the online one. And I love that. It's a really great website. Psychiatric Service Dogs are not. It has still got a ton of information on that website. And I highly recommend everybody check it out. So for a while, we were using the ADI public access test. But as I was looking at the psychiatric one, and as we've done so many of them, there are some things that were missing on the ADI test. And then, you know, how we had it set up, it was like this big, long paragraph, and then some questions, and then another big, long paragraph. So it would say, you know, um, you're in a place, um, exit through the car, or exit out of the car, and the dog had to do this, this, this. And so it describes it, and then it takes you through it. I'm like, well, I really don't need to read the whole thing, because what you need is in the questions individually. So for the public access test, I rewrote ours. I included the aspects that I liked on the psych psychiatric service dog one, what I liked on the ADI one, and what I liked, what dogs need. So like I include one in there on using the public bathroom, on using an elevator. Now it doesn't mean I'm gonna go into a public bathroom or into the elevator with every dog, but it's things that we uh, you know, attest to, you know, like the dog's house train. Well, I'm not gonna follow the dog around to make sure he never has an accident. It's one thing we rely on the owners for, but we just redid ours, I think it was earlier this month actually. Um, so whenever you're done with our training, you need, you will have, if your dog passes everything, right? Public access test, AKC CGC, which is the American Kennel Club Canine Good Citizen, AKC CGC Urban, and AKC CGC Community Canine, okay? Plus, if you started before your dog was a year old and we get six sessions in before your dog turns a year, the AKC Star Puppy, okay? So that's what we are aiming for. If your dog can pass all of those, at least all four of those, forget about the star puppy, you know, even if your dog can pass all four of those, you are well on your way to having a service dog. It does not make your dog a service dog. 
What makes your dog a service dog? You still have to have a disability and your dog has to be task trained to mitigate that disability. Okay, so for example, we had um, Holstein came out today and you can look on our Instagram feed, you can look on our Facebook and go down a little bit and you can see Holstein. Looks like a Holstein cow a little bit. Uh, and he's great. I've been working with his owner and she does so much training. She's actually doing training up in Gainesville, uh, you know, with people, like with normal people. Uh, you know, so she's coming out here to work on the service dog stuff and she wanted to do an outing. So after we met here and worked here for a little bit, we went into Walmart and we ran him through his canine good citizen, his canine good citizen urban, his canine good citizen community canine, and his public access test. And so we spent about an hour in Walmart doing those four tests. And then to finish them, we needed to go to a restaurant. So we all went out to breakfast at one of the local diners here, Howie's. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, and so did Rich. And if you guys know Rich, you know how much he likes to go out to eat. Um, and, uh, and, and the owner. And the dogs, we walked in now. Small place, right? I don't know what to expect because we had never been to this restaurant before. As we're walking up, there are people sitting outside complimenting on how wonderful the dogs were being Have. So we go in. There was one four top, which means a four seater. So we took that one because there were three of us and we tucked the dogs underneath. Even Holstein, as big as he is, he tucked underneath beautifully. And we, we had breakfast. Well, Rich had lunch. Uh, Holstein's owner and I had breakfast. And, uh, and afterwards, we're talking to the people at the table beside us and they were complimenting how wonderful the service dogs were, sharing some experiences they've had where every time this one person goes, uh, I believe they were saying the Inverness Walmart, like the dog pees and the guy just ignores it that's not service dog material, that dog should be asked to leave. That they were at a restaurant, I want to say again, up in probably Inverness, and there was an aisle way <clears throat> to get from like one room to the other room, and the guy had his dog, his dog was like out blocking the entire aisle way. That's not okay, guys. If we want to continue bringing service dogs out with us, stop doing that stuff. Okay, stop taking dogs out who are barking, lunging, growling. Stop taking dogs out who pee everywhere. Stop taking dogs out before they're fully house trained. We do. However, we also make sure that they potty beforehand and we do really quick insides. Like I would not take Roma if she wasn't house trained and she is amazing with the holding it. Okay, so you need to have those. Now, Holstein's owner still has to have a disability. Okay, and he still needs to be task trained to mitigate that disability. Those need to happen along with the public access test, or PAT is my acronym for, the CGC, the CGC Urban, and the CGC Community. All of that needs on all four tests, plus tasks, plus that you have a disability, okay? So, like, I can't say, I'm healthy as a horse. There's absolutely nothing wrong with me, except nothing, because I'm perfect. So, I want a service dog because it'd be so cool to bring my dog out. No. And if you're like, well, you know, I am diabetic and I want to take my dog with me or I'm in a wheelchair and I want to take my dog with me, but my dog doesn't know how to do anything and my dog's a jerk. No, stop it. I hear too many, way too many of these stories. Okay. I'm going to go through now and read some comments. So Terry says there's a business using ADA in their name selling certification. That is a huge issue. So I never have a problem if someone wants to, ref to get their dog an identification card because it's like a little driver's license for your dog. And I have one for Arrow. I do not have one for Gypsy Aroma yet. Um, I could get Gypsies now because she's over a year. Um, I actually need to do her public access test and record it possibly, but just, you know, go through and have somebody sign off on it um, just for her binder, for her records. Um, Roma's probably actually ready for hers too, even though she's five months old. Not even. She'll be five months old in two days. Um, so, you know, it is a problem and people will register. There's free registration play places and there's ones for $60. There's one for like $300 and I'm sure there's all points in between. And here's the problem. So I'm talking to somebody and they're like, well, I have a registered, so I have a certified service dog. I have a certified emotional support dog. And I know the truth and I know that those don't exist. So then I'm like, either you took it, you were taken advantage of, or you're trying to get one past people. Either way, knock it off, okay? Um, so anyway, so this, this woman I was talking with yesterday, she didn't live in the state. She actually lived across the country. And um, she was like, well, okay, well, how can I do this test? I'm like, you're going to have to find somebody up there who can do it for you because I don't live there. Like, we live here, and here's my prices for doing just the test. If you do, uh, you know, one of my personal coaching programs or the boot camp program, I include it. Like, we'll just do it whenever your dog's ready for it. But, uh, you know, you, 
it's hard because you're like, well, what do I do? And then you keep it in your training binder. And we've talked about your training binder. Like your training binder is amazing. Kimmy and Anjanette, hi guys. Uh, Michelle, hello, love. And Shannon, hello. Hi guys. Um, what's the difference in the urban and the last one? Oh, Anjanette, that is a great question. So the difference between the urban and the community canine, there's not a lot of difference between them. They have a lot of the same things. I don't actually understand why there's two of them. I would have just done one of them. One of them, like you need to do, your dog has to do three minute down stay while you like fill out a form or eat something. Okay, another one you have to do like a three minute down stay or just a down stay while the dog um, is in a crowd of three people. Like, I don't know why they did it, but you know, it could be because they saw how popular the CGC program was and they wanted two more. Um, with the service dogs, it's way easier to evaluate for them. Usually if we can pass the public access test, you can pass all three of the CGCs. Um, Tiana, hi Tiana. Um, Terry says, I have everything I need to make parasite collars. Do you mean paracord, Terry? <laughs> Internet community, yeah, yeah. So, so that's the thing, guys, is as long as there's people saying, you know, well, you work with me, I'm going to certify your dog as a service dog. Ooh. Now, as a business who does service dogs, one thing we could do is say, uh, if you pass the certifications, which is the public access test, the CGCs, demonstrate that at least, say, two tasks, two good tasks, one to, two to three, I don't care, right? Uh, demonstrate those tasks to me. Um, videotape them all, right, for the records. You could be certified for another year and then we'll do it again. And who knows, as we do our service dog organization, that might be what we do. Um, right now, I'm not. Right now, we don't have any sort of certification. Um, like I said, I'm working, like we have our public access test for your binder. And why you need that is if you ever do get called out in front of a judge or have people question. You whip out your handy dandy binder and you say, here are her CGCs. Oh, Gypsy just got her star puppy and her CGC and her novice trick dog titles and her certificates in. So those are all in her binder along with the originals because, you know, we keep a copy ourselves. So she has all three of those in there. We have her log book in there. Um, I have her list of tasks that we're working on in there. You know, so like that has everything in it. So if anything would happen, I'm like, okay, here. Um, I need to add in the letter from my doctor and say, you know, here's the letter from my doctor saying I have these things. Here's the medical proof saying I have these things, right? Here's the tasks that she does to mitigate it. Here's the logbook showing all the training. Here's all her obedience titles. Here's everything that we've done. And someone's going to look at that and say, ha, 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 you're good. That is what I want for each and every one of you. Like, I want you guys to have that binder. I don't want you to rely on a spammy Look what I got. I got a certificate online that my dog is a service dog because people honestly think that that's the way it is. And it's not the way it is. It's not at all. And what's going to happen is you're going to get called in front of a judge or you're going to be questioned about it. And you're going to say, here's my certification. Here's my certificate. See, saying that my dog's a service dog. Came with a patch and a vest and everything. And they're going to say, there is none. And because you're saying that, I know it's a scam. I know that, like I said, either you've been taken advantage of or you're trying to get one over on somebody. And depending on how nice a judge you get, a nice a person you talk to, you know, they could very well say, no, your dog's not a service dog. And you were impersonating a service dog now and you're hit with the fine. Because Florida does have that. If you're, I think if you're harassing or if you have a fake service dog that's going to get hit. Now, here's the problem is prove it. It's a nice law on paper. It's a really nice law on paper. But in the real world, it's not going to do anything. It's not because first you're going to have to prove that it's not a service dog. Okay? So even if the person, because Florida has service dog in training, are allowed the same accessibility as fully trained service dogs. So, well, I thought he was. Well, I mean, people can be stupid about things. You know, well, I, I assumed he was. Well, he's in training, though. You know, so like I said, it, it's a feel-good law, more so than a law that anyone could ever enforce, unless you had somebody who was saying, I know it's not a service dog. I'm doing this just to get in here. And that means somebody would have to hear them. It would have to be video recorded or whatever. And then they can say, you know, like, oh, I see what you're doing here. That's not good. Um, I mean, if you decide to do that, right, Michelle? Um, like I said, if we do decide, um, I'm sure through hope we will. 
um, through Dream Dogs, we probably will. But like I said, it's going to have to be a, we have to keep in touch. Say every three months, every six months, you need to email me with how the dog's doing. Every year, we have to get together to renew it. Um, you know, but I haven't right now, and here's why. Right now, I, we have insurance. We have like a buttload of insurance. And that's a technical term. It's called a buttload. Um, liability insurance, everything else for the business. Um, you know, we're, we're insured that way, but I don't know how it goes. Like how it is, it's like, they can't guarantee my, our work. So like you, if I said that your dog's a service dog, right. I give you a certification saying that your dog's a certified registered service dog with us. They're going to say, uh, uh, cause if that dog misses an alert, if that dog maybe wasn't feeling good and missed something or just was distracted and missed something, or you haven't been doing any of your training and your dog missed something, then, um, you know, the fear would be, you know, we live in such a litigious, litigious society that, you know, you could come back and say, you guaranteed me a certified service dog and this isn't it. So that's where, why we haven't jumped the gun yet on it. Um, we were actually looking into this seven years ago. Um, we were going to do a therapy dog organization and a service dog organization for registering dogs and everything. Uh, we were working, we had, you know, um, like half of the, how we were going to do it done up. And uh, I had verified it with our insurance first that it was okay to do it. And then they're like, no, the guy who told you that is no longer with us. And that's not okay. So we had to scrap all those plans. Like I said, it was seven years ago. So I don't have any of this stuff anymore on it. But so yeah, certified service dog certification is a real big slippery slope. Um, I see they're coming out. They're promote two of them one of them in cooperation with petco have you guys seen this um petco where it's for veterans now these are both organizations explicitly and specifically right for veterans and their service dogs i'm like well you know that's all well and good but what about the rest of us who aren't veterans uh you know we work with a lot of people and some of them are veterans but do you know how many people i get who contact me because they need training they need help. They need a service dog for, say, PTSD or psych, anxiety. And the only places they can find will only help veterans. And everyone else is just up a crook without a paddle. Too bad. You're on your own. And it's not right and it's not fair. So these two organizations, they want to work, like I said, explicitly, specifically with veterans, with the PTSD and the psych. Um, and they want Petco to be the evaluators. Do you see a problem with that? Here's the problem. Go into Petco and you could be a cashier one day and a dog trainer the next. Petco is not the ideal of what a dog trainer should be. Neither is the CGC evaluator, but at least the CGC evaluator is something a little more. Like you need to have two years experience. You need to be 18. You need to have been working with dogs for a while. There's a test that you have to take. It's not going to benefit one company to have it because apparently PetSmart's offering service dog training too now. And I'm like, dude, you can't even teach half of these dogs how to sit without a treat. Like, you really think they're going to be good for service dogs? Service dogs are the best trained dogs out there. You're doing them a huge disservice. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, people can be so stupid sometimes, Michelle says. Totally. Um, and, and not that the veterans don't need it. The veterans need it. But you know what they don't need is they don't need yanked around with it. They don't need second-rate, cut-rate, cheapo service dogs to crank them out like an assembly line. And that's the other thing that I'm seeing, too. I was, as I was searching online here and there and everywhere, I go down a rabbit hole, right? And I find where for this veteran program, so um, our service dog organization isn't just going to be veterans. Some of them are only veterans. I was just saying that. Some of them you can only do if you're a veteran, right? Some of them aren't. So this one was only deal with veterans. And what it said is you need three tasks. Well, that's a thing through ADI, which is Assistance Dogs International. It is not through the ADA, which is the American with Disabilities Act and the Department of Justice and HUD and everything else. It's just through, um, through the ADA, it's task or tasks. So we, we differentiate them between strong tasks and weak tasks. Um, so for example, a strong task is going to be a good strong task. Like if all my dog does is, gosh, let me think, help me take out the garbage at night. You know, he'll take the bag and he'll go and he'll put it in the garbage can for me. 
it's a weak task because I don't need to bring him out with me for that. Like it's, and he could be an in-home service doctor. There's no problem with that. Um, but say a strong task, like there's a bunch of them. Like you tell me the name of a task. And if it sounds like, yeah, that would be a really cool thing. Um, so there, what it said for this organization, for this one for veterans, like I said, who they need them. I know they need the service dogs is it's, the three tasks are block, which means stand in front and block so people can't approach or I can't approach. I can't continue on. Cover, which means stand behind me. So it's basically a standing stay in front of you or behind you. Two different tasks. And deep pressure therapy. Those are the three tasks. And if you want to do retrieves, it has to retrieve, you know, um, every whatever it is, like 100% of the time. So they were basically like really saying you can do a retrieve, but don't do a retrieve. So they're taking block, cover, and deep pressure therapy. And those are your three tasks and bang, your dog's a service dog. And yes, you still are going to have to do the, the training and the sit and the down and the public access stuff. But come on, they can do so much more to help these veterans out, to help these people with PTSD and anxiety disorders. What about nightmare interruption? What about turning on and off the lights? What about anxiety interruption? Um, you know, what about going to get help? You know, bringing the phone to you to really say, your three tasks are block cover and deep pressure therapy. Bang, you got a service dog. It is not right for these veterans. It is not right for these organizations to do that. And then to say it's a $60,000 service dog because see service dog. Mm -mm. No, no, I don't, I don't get it. Um, Kimmy says, my favorite thing with me is, oh, I have a service dog for PTSD. And I always get the response, oh, how long were you in the military for? What happened to you? And I swear it makes me face palm every single time. PTSD is not a military only illness. You know, Kimmy, I totally 100% agree with you. And you have to get down here, by the way. Um, we're thinking of doing Disney tomorrow night. So if anybody does want to join us, my birthday is Thursday. So tomorrow night will be our Disney bash. Um, and I don't know where we're going to go. I kind of want to do Animal Kingdom, but I think Luke wants to do Epcot. But he spent his birthday money, so I think I can get my own way. Um, I want to do Magic Kingdom, but it's just too hot to deal with, you know, going in and doing the monorail and walking through the park and everything. Um, yeah, yeah, I have been under personal time now. I have been under so much stress this past month. And what had happened was, um, and if you guys have seen this story, it's on my personal feed on Victoria Warfel. Um, I have something called PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. And I've always had wonky periods, like forever. I'm never regular. And I've been bleeding for three months. So I went to the doctor last month when it was, you know, I think two and a half months of bleeding. And uh, he referred me to a gynecologist. Well, it took three weeks to get in to see the gynecologist. And this happened last week. And the doctor said it might be cancer, but they could probably remove it and get rid of it. So it's probably not a, bad, a big deal if it is cancer the C word guys. So I was kind of freaking out for three weeks and uh, God bless Rich and Luke because they put up with me. <laughs> um, I was having major anxiety issues. I was, if I thought about it too much, I'd, I'd start having a panic attack. Not, not that I know what you guys go through who get the panic attacks, but I didn't like it at all. And I can't imagine if that was part of my everyday life. Holy cow, it was, it was bad. So I went to the doctor, I went to the gynecologist last week, I think it was last Tuesday, and they did an, um, they took a sample and they were sending it off to see if it was cancerous and we were supposed to get the results Friday or Monday. So I'm thinking Monday morning, I'm like, if I don't hear from them today, it's good news, right? Because my appointment wasn't, my next appointment's not until mid-September. And, um, I'm like, it's good news then. That, that's good. Well, 9, 10 yesterday morning, I got the phone call. We need to get into the doctor's ASAP. So they could get me in today at 1 o'clock. So that's where we went today at 1 o'clock. So I had from 9 a.m. yesterday until 1 o'clock this afternoon, knowing that I had cancer, not knowing how bad it is. And then it turns out it's, it's pre-cancer. It hasn't hit where it's actual cancer yet. Um, they want me to go see a gynecology gynecologist oncologist, which is a woman part doctor for cancer. So um, he sent the referral over and they've already contacted me to get the records from my original doctor. And they want me to, you know, they want me to come in. So once everything gets squared away, the insurance is going to cover it and everything, then I get to go in there and talk to them and see what they have to say. But it's looking like hysterectomy. But it's also, he said, it, it's not even, it hasn't hit cancer yet. It's still pre-cancer. 
So that's a plus. Um, I know, I know like Kimmy's dad is going through some stuff right now. I know I have a friend Heather who's going through chemo. I have a couple other dog trainer friends who are going through it. And it scares the crap out of me. I don't know. You know, like you got to be strong all the time. And and the idea of going through chemo and radiation just scared the bejesus out of me. So, you know, that is a big relief. And since I got that, it's much better for me. Um, but I was kind of panicked and freaking out. But yeah, so that's what's going on with me personally. Um, Barrett says, I'm moving from New Jersey to Tennessee. Oh, well, that's awesome, Barrett. I didn't know that. Um, and just looked up the law. She says, there's something disturbing I found, and I'm not sure how to handle it. T Tennessee law explicitly states the handler must have a physical disability. And while I do have some physical issues that my service dog will manage, a primary reason, which is when I can prove legitimate documentation, is PTSD. And I know they have to comply with ADA as well. Is this going to be an issue? Ooh, Barrett, that's good. That is a fantastic question, Barrett. So, Here's the, the stigma, guys, with the, the mental disability. Is that the right word for it? I'm sorry. I, I don't always use the right words. Um, you know, the not physical disability. How about that? If they only cover it, Barrett, then that's what it's going to be. And your dog can have a, I mean, brace, you know, block cover, brace and deep pressure, probably the easiest test was to, to train, right? So if your dog knows brace, if that could help you out at all for it, then there you go. And you don't have to tell them about the, the psychiatric service dog parts of it or, um, yeah, PTSD stuff of it. I don't think there's going to be an issue with it. I know some laws are slower to update their stuff, and that could be your cause, Barrett, is to get them to update their state records. Um, I would have to look up and read the writing on what ADA says. I believe it says, though, about helping people who have PTSD. So if that would be the case, Barrett, and you would come in front of a, a judge in Tennessee and they'd say, mm-mm, not a service dog because it ain't all physical thing. It's my Tennessee accent, by the way. Um, you know, and you show a ADA papers and you say, see right here where it says, and that covers me, so it's going to be the law that covers you better. So, for example, the ADA, it doesn't say anything about service dogs in training, but a lot of states do. Um, so that's what I'll sometimes tell people. Or, like, if they want to fly with their service dog, but the dog's still a service dog in training, but the dog has his CGCs, has his public access test, has at least one good task trained. I'm like, I know you still consider your dog a service dog in training, but look at what all your dog's got. Your dog's got three canine good citizens, a public access test, has at least one good task trained well, your dog's a service dog, right? Gypsy turned a year uh, a couple weeks ago, 10 days ago, she turned one year old. She has one really good task that she loves, and that's pick up things and hand them to me. Like, I drop something, I say, oops, and she picks them up and hands them to me. Um, she can't do the mobility stuff because she's too short. Um, and she's only a year old and not a year and a half to two years old. Um, but I don't think she's going to be hitting a growth spurt. Uh, you know, and there's some other things I want her to do, but she has that one good task already. She has her canine good citizen. I need to do her to advance canine. Well, I need to have done her to advance canine good citizens in her public access test. But, you know, I want to get all that stuff done. So she is set and she is officially a service dog instead of just a service dog in training which is what I still consider her. And we actually just had to wash her, her vest because it was starting to get a little doggy smelling. So, um, so yeah, so there's that. But yeah, Barrett, it is difficult. And I am really glad though that you're looking at moving there and you're already looking up the laws. That is awesome. I don't know all the laws for every state. Um, and I don't remember all the laws either. You know, um, I know schools, airlines, um, housing fall under different things. So I usually refer, I have a friend who remembers all that stuff and she's good with it. Or I look in my service dog laws, every handler should know book or information every handler should know. Kimmy says, yes, I'm trying to get, take Graham to Disney Springs. I get paid again on the 31st and we should plan something. You definitely. So we have some stuff, um, light stuff, the beginning of September. Um, so let me know when you're ready for Disney Springs. If you want to wait until even the beginning of October, it might start to cool down a little bit. Um, Disney Springs is always fun though. Um, Nicole says, I had a meltdown last week, totally overwhelmed with too many things. I had to cut something from my life to decrease the stress. You know, Nicole, that's it exactly. And, you know, it, it is, it's difficult and it's difficult whenever, you know, we, I 
didn't go to school here. I went to school up in Wisconsin, um, not in Florida where I live right now. I don't have any family here, you know, and yeah, the phones are great and video calls are great. And I've got Rich and Luke and they're amazing. I don't have girlfriends to just go out and hang out with, you know, um, I have clients who come out and they're fantastic and they're super supportive and I'm friends with so many of them, which is why we do what we do. Um, without having just all the group classes because the group classes can get a little bit like I don't know the dogs whereas with the personal with the um, boot camps I know the people I know their dogs like we become amazing friends but dog training can still be a very isolated profession and it is difficult and that's I'm trying to break through that um, because no one should have to go through something like that alone you know um, Jessica says scary from a fellow PCOS sister I always worry about your lady bits falling, failing you in a most epic fashion is no fun. Yeah, good luck to you, darling. Thank you, Jessica. And Allie gives me a thumbs up. And Michelle says also, yeah, the law that offers the most coverage to a person with disabilities is a law that is used in the federal covers mental health issues. That's fantastic. I hate saying things without checking them first. Um, but yeah, and I don't know where it is here. I'd given the paper to Luke whenever he was doing his videos and my desk is very messy. So yeah, yeah. So you'd be covered Barrett, that way. But the law doesn't cover service dogs in training. So, um, you know, to get her through, get your dog through the in-training bit, you need, might need to do more of the physical stuff, you know, or make sure you teach a physical task, okay? And then, you know, the psychiatric, um, the PTSD stuff will be covered under, under um, ABA, under federal. Okay. Let me know if you guys have any questions. I do start monologuing. Um, but, yeah, so we have... Vicky coming down from her her month of worry, um, which is good, which is very good because being stressed out that much is never good. I actually, both times this week and last week when I was at the doctor, of course I have to take your blood pressure, right? So they go and they take the blood pressure last week, and they're like, "That's really high," and I'm like, "I have been stressed for three weeks. If that's as high as it is, that's fine." And today knowing that they were going to tell me it was cancer because they, of course, won't say anything over the phone and not knowing how bad it was. They're like, oh, and thinking, you know, like, Luke's only 17. You know, like, oh, what happens if I, I die? You know, like, that's always a scary thing. I'm not ready to die yet. I have too much fun. I like living. I like helping people and their dogs. Um, <coughs> you know, so it's very scary. So I went in today and it's supposed to be what, 120 over 80? It was 140 over 80. I'm like, dude, is that all it is? Huh, that's not as bad as what I thought it would be. Uh, Barrett says, thanks. Um, Nicole is typing something. I said, well, confirmed with my doctor that the new. Um, but like I said, it, it is. And, and just as a community, I know a lot of times people think they're much more disconnected from other people than what they have been in the past. You know, like, I, I don't know though. I mean, everyone would have, you know, offices and you'd work with the same people forever. And, you know, you'd get home and you'd like go to check out, you know, go to hang out with the neighbors and like drink wine and like have parties and stuff. Like we were never the dinner party type of people. So I don't understand how all that stuff works. I'm more of a, I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt. Confirm my, with my new doctor, Nicole says that the task I'm training is spot on to help. That's awesome, Nicole. Yeah, and that's a good thing to do is to, to tell your doctor, like, look, these are the issues that I'm having. These are the tasks that I'm working on. And chances are very likely your doctor will have no idea what you're talking about. You know, so if you're like, I want a service doctor, he's going to be like, okay, right? So then so whenever you say, like, here's some information, check out Dream Docs podcast and their website, a lot of good info there. Um, and then, you know, because I have this and this and this, I want to train my doctor to do this, this, that, and the other. And that will help me in this way. And if your doctor's like, that's awesome, you know, have them write it up. It's going to go great in your training binder. I'd also at least take a picture of it or scan it and keep it on your computer. If you have Dropbox, it's a great place for things like that. And then if you are out for whatever reason, you go on a trip and you forget your binder or you just happen to not have it, you've got all that information right there. So like we have that stuff, um, all the vet records, for my dog showing that they're up to date with everything, I keep it in a Dropbox file. I take a picture of, uh, you know, the statement from the vet saying what they had and when they're due again um, and the rabies certificate and everything else. And I keep that in a Dropbox file. So then if I'm out and they're like, well, I need to see that your dog has his 
whatever, all I have to do is open up the bind or open up the Dropbox app on the phone and show and say, here, this is what my dog has. And it works out really nicely. Uh, Kimmy says, ended up getting sent to the ER recently due to my stress. My migraine was so bad I couldn't move. My sugar dropped to 70. I was a mess. Plus stress links to the PTSD, the seizures, and the dizzy spells. It's been a trip. Yeah, glad you have your support group or you'd be lost. Exactly, Kimmy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is difficult. And, um, you know, like I said, there there's a lot, especially the dog trainers, I see it, right? I see it with the disabled community in general. It can feel very isolating. It can feel very, you're alone and you don't know what the heck to do. And I always tell people, you know, like, I'm here for you. You know, if something does happen, um, Kimmy is actually um, on a car trip and she was having some issues with the hotel and we were on our way back from Disney and I, I got it. And uh, I texted her and I'm like, you can call me if you want to. It was after nine o'clock our time here. And she called up. But like I said, we were on the road. We were actually stuck in traffic on the turnpike. So we weren't moving for probably 45 minutes. We put the car into park and just waited. So she um, she called and, and we talked. And we got to, to work her way through it. And it's fantastic. Like, I love being able to help people out like that. Um, you know, and that's that's what I'm trying to form through our service dog organization that actually I was waiting to hear from that, um, you know, from the doctor thing. And now I feel like we can move on and continue with it. Um, and with our, our Facebook group uh, called how to train your service dog. So if you guys haven't checked out yet, how to train your service dog on Facebook, it's a fantastic group. It's my group. Um, it is growing. I started it probably two, three months ago, I think. And we're at like 450 members. So if you guys want to join, join it. Terry's um, one of the admins and I'm one of the admins. And we'll just go through and, and okay people who have service dogs. But no drama. Um, we've had to remove a couple people because of drama. I don't want drama llamas in there because people, I want them to have a safe place. And not a snowflake safe place. But a real safe place, Right. Um, I, I want them to know that there's a place where they can get that support when their family might not understand it, but they do. Um, so yeah, so we're working on that. And actually we have, did you guys know dog day is this Saturday, national dog day? It was apparently this Saturday. So there is a nursing center in, in Bushnell here and they're doing, uh, a dog event on Friday. So she called me up last week about it and we're going to head on over there tomorrow so they can meet the dogs. I have to bring two dogs out of my five. Okay, so it's not going to be Arrow. Probably won't be Roma. So we're looking at Rue and Zoe and Gypsy. Gypsy, she still has her bald spots in the back from her hot spots, but they're all healing up. Um, Zoe, her back hurts, so she limps when she walks. And, um, and Rue just loves to give hugs and loves everyone. So I don't know which two we're going to bring. I'd like to bring Roma and Gypsy, ideally. But I don't think Roma would really enjoy seeing people. And she's a five-month-old puppy. So if we do Disney with her tomorrow night, that will be fine for me. But we're going to do that and do a therapy visit on Friday. And they get to show off their tricks. So for that, like I said, Gypsy's really good with her pickups, her retrievals. And Zoe loves spin. So those will probably be the two that we bring. Rude likes to give hugs. That's his favorite trick. Um, but, you know, I like doing stuff. I, I like being part of the community. Last weekend, Rich went to Citrus County Animal Services for their Clear the Shelters event. So he was there from 8 in the morning until 4 in the afternoon, 5 in the afternoon. He was there for a good long part of the day. We like to be involved in the community. Michelle says, my doctor is very supportive of me using a service dog. He hasn't met Oliver yet, but next appointment he will come with. That's awesome. Yeah, we brought, uh, when we were up in Gainesville and we went to the doctor there, you know, we brought Arrow a couple times. I think we brought Rue maybe or one of the dogs we were training. We didn't have Gypsy at the time. And because um, we're switching down here, um, you know, I'm not going to bring a dog with me to the gynecologist for this thing, um, you know, to see what's going on um, with it. You know, I figure once, once I get, a, you know, a, a family doctor or whatever, like they'll meet the dogs, all of them eventually. Kimmy says, you were the greatest help through all the panic attacks, right, Kimmy? <laughs> I love you, and I love that you, you, um, you know, we do have a relationship that you can call me on stuff like that. Um, Nicole asks, why not Arrow? Um, Arrow is fine with people petting him, but when he's out working, he is very serious. He's very serious. 
And um, if you see him out working and you see him at home playing, he is like two different dogs. He's like Jekyll and Hyde. Um, so at home, he wants to play, play, play. And out at work, he's very serious. So I know if I take him out, he's going to be very serious. Even if I don't put a vest or anything on him, he's going to assume that he is out to work. And all he's going to want to do is play. And if it's at a nursing center, if there's people with the wheelchairs, with the balls on the end of them, or not the wheelchairs, the walkers with the balls, tennis balls at the end, it's just I know his strengths. If we were doing a demo for them talking about service dogs, I would bring him with no problem. Um, but, you know, for people to just come up and pet him or for him to go up to people and get pets, eh, it's just not something he's going to enjoy. Uh, Rue would, Gypsy would, Zoe would. So that's why I'm thinking those three. Even, even Roma is going to be a little bit like, no, because she doesn't like when people talk baby talk to her. So we were talking um, to somebody at Walmart a couple weeks ago. And another person comes up and starts talking baby talk. And she looks at this woman like, are you kidding me? What is wrong with your voice? She didn't like baby talk. So that's, I don't want to put her in that position yet. Plus it only being five months old, she's still working on, you know, we ignore people. So I don't want to take her out like that and have her introduce and gets pets. But like I said, I'm thinking probably Zoe and Gypsy. Because Gypsy, it would be fun for her. And if it works out well, maybe it could become a regular thing and she can go there for therapy visits, work on her therapy dog title, right? You're always thinking, which would be good. Um, Nicole says, Doc, Doc is like that in public. That's her Malinois, guys. Super friendly at home and a bit more standoffish in public. Yeah, very different than Rio. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's um, Roma was a little standoffish at first. Um, she is warming up, but she's still like, no. I don't want to go pet people. I won't get pet by people. Like, they're weird and they're crody. Um, so she uh, she does not care for that as much. Work with the dog you got. Yeah, yeah, and that's one of the reasons, too, why we got Roma was because Jesse was too short. And I was going to tell people I kind of freaked out, and I did. I was like, oh, wait a minute. No, no, no. We need to uh, to be able to uh, to have a dog who can do the mobility parts of it. So I need to see. I think she's supposed to be 20% of her or 80% of her height at this age. So that means we have like one fifth more to grow. So like how she say 20 inches and, and that's 80%. How many more inches would that be? So what's that? Times five would be four inches. So 24 inches. I don't know. I haven't measured her yet though. And I think she's gone through a growth spurt. But that's what I like to do whenever it's their birthday is measure and see how many inches and track it all. Um, Kimmy says, Graham and Kiva are touch me nots unless I say it's okay and slowly introduce them. Yeah. Yeah. That's most service dogs. So there's some organizations that will do the therapy dogs and they will not register a service dog as a therapy dog because of, you know, like, well, one should do this. One should do that. I know a few years ago, one of them came out, um, a new person got on the board with the dog food company. And so then they said the dogs couldn't be fed raw food if they were service or if they were therapy dogs because it could shed stuff in their coat so they had to be on kibble preferably i'm sure it was science diet or himes or something to which you're like mm-hmm sure um just how you gotta follow the money sometimes okay um but yeah yeah looking at our calendar what do you guys want to hear about uh, when we do our podcast because I have to record another batch of them. I wasn't able to the last couple of weeks because I was barely getting through talking um, without coughing and having a coughing fit and having to restart the whole thing. Um, but, you know, we're going to get some of these um, podcasts done up because I like to have them done up, done up ahead of time, um, at least a few weeks in advance. So I'm not, I can't do it today because I've got stuff I need to do. Um, so let me know what it is that you guys would like to hear from. You can message me. Um, you could post it here. You know, I'll, I'll read it afterwards. Um, here, Anjanette has something to say. Off topic, and I'm okay if you need to answer another time, but what are your thoughts on umbilical cord training? Oh, Anjanette, that's a great question. It is off topic a little bit, but it's not in a way. So uh, umbilical cord training, have you guys ever heard of that? What that is, is your dog is leashed and tethered to you at all times. Uh, or they're crated, you know, cause like if you're in the shower, you might not want to umbilical cord your dog, but then some people are like, I do. I just put them on the doorknob and shut the door and he's right there, you know, or I hand them off to somebody else and that could work. 
Um, I love it. We do it all the time. Every single dog who comes into our house, our personal dogs, we umbilical cord train them. So that means if I'm going to go into the kitchen to get something, they're coming into the kitchen to get something. If I'm going to go into the bathroom to brush my teeth, they're going to come into the bathroom whenever I brush my teeth. If I'm going to go outside and check something, they're going to come outside. And what we find with it is the dog gets your routine a lot better. It's much easier for house training, and it's much easier just all the way around when you do the umbilical cord training. So I love it. I embrace it 115%. I think that is the bestest, easiest way to start your dog off. Now, if you're busy going here and there, I do want people to utilize the crate as well. I don't want them to put the dog in the crate and forget about the dog. But, um, you know, use the, the crate, use the umbilical cord, more so even than just strict supervision. So what strict supervision is, is I'm in my bedroom right now. I've got Arrow and Rue here. They're on, uh, Arrow's on place, Rue's lying down. That's fine. I can keep them in the corner of my eye. Um, say they weren't adult dogs and they were puppies and they were still having potty training issues. I couldn't do a Facebook Live. I couldn't read a book. I couldn't talk on the phone or play on my phone. I would have to be watching them and keeping an eye on them at all times. Okay, now that's where people start getting into problems. So maybe listen to an audiobook, listen to a podcast, even talk on somebody with speaker, um, depending on how distracted you get when doing things. But uh, but yeah, if you umbilical cord a dog, house training will be so much easier. <laughs> um, Kimmy says, can we learn more about having to do refreshers? Like when your dog forgets certain things, you need to work on them. Oh, yeah. Um, so for that, refreshers... We do need to, you know, refresh training. So um, I told you Holstein went with us today and got all of all three of his CGCs in his public access test. He's over a year old, so we couldn't do the star puppy. Um, but we got all those, and he did amazing with them. And I didn't see anything that I told his, you know, and I told his owner this. I said, I didn't see anything here that made me say, oh, you're going to need to keep working on this. Like, this is still a little bit like he passes, but I want to see it better. Um, there was nothing like that. Like, he was doing amazing. Um, she actually, she dropped some food on the floor and he was just like, whatever, I'm not even going to look over there. And it was bacon, right? So I love that. Now that doesn't mean that she's done and he's going to be great forever, right? You still need to keep up with the stuff. Um, even, you know, Arrow, Roma, Gypsy, Zoe, like sometimes they're like, no, I'm not going to do it. And you're like, yes, you are. Um, so sometimes when they do it, Kimmy, it's because they want to see if they can get away with not doing it, right? Kind of like whenever, you know, if you guys remember whenever you'd push your parents a little bit, you know, we like senior room, you're like, yeah, I'll get to it later. And you don't get to it later. And, and they're like, dude, I told you to do this, to clean the room. You know, like you didn't put any of your stuff away. Eh, you called me on it. And if you get away with not doing it and you don't get called out on the carpet for it, you ain't going to do it next time either. Same things with your dog. So what we want to have happen is if you tell your dog to sit, we want you to follow through with it. And I'm going to take it one step farther. If your dog knows the command, okay, so like Roma knows sit, right? Five months old, she knows sit. Um, If I tell her to sit and she doesn't, there's a consequence for her not listening to me. Now, she's also only five months old, so I kind of give her the benefit of the doubt. Maybe she wasn't paying attention. She didn't hear me, so I know I'm going to have to up my focus work with her. Um, so use a better example, arrow six. If I tell arrow to do something and he doesn't do it, there's a consequence because he knows what it is that he needs to do. And, um, and that's where a lot of people don't do it is they don't take it to the, I'm going to give a consequence if you decide not to do it. You know, maybe even repeat it. Tell him to sit. He doesn't sit, say arrow sit. And if he's like, <laughs> I always want to make sure that maybe sitting is, make sure it's comfortable for him. Make sure I'm not asking him to sit, you know, like on an anthill or something. But, uh, but there will be a consequence if you don't listen. Um, and Jeanette says, I'm amazing uh, for bonding, but it's so much work. It really is. So that's a nice thing, too, with me, Rich and Lou, because we can hand the dog off if we're doing it. Um, and one thing that makes it easier, Anjanette, is having a hands-free leash. So there's ones that are like a belt, and there's ones that go across your shoulders. Um, so you can always do something like that, in which case your hands are free, so it makes it a lot easier. Um, and then here, uh, Barrett replied to Anjanette too and says, I love the umbilical tether. I don't necessarily do it 24 seven, but I try to have at least some time each day. Yep. Yeah. It's amazing for bonding, but it's so much work. She says not, I'm amazing for bonding, but I am amazing for bonding. Uh, and one of the things Anjanette, it's so funny is people will say, you know, um, I'm actually, I've had, uh, 
two of my ex-trainers and are like, I've never heard of this umbilical cord stuff. This is great. Why don't you teach this? I'm like, we do teach it. You know, whenever we're doing the group classes, the puppy stuff, we talked every time about umbilical cord training. And if you didn't know what it was, you should have told me because we've been doing this for years. Um, I love it. It's fantastic for them. Um, Kimmy says he's at the stage about pushing and trying to see what he can get away with, especially with focus. Yeah. Yeah. So what you can do with that to Kimmy, like I said, is, is given that consequence. So what we want to do is if they're looking at you, you know, good treat or good break treat. And then, um, it's, you know, no, no, you're not looking. No, no, no. Good, good, good. You're looking. No, you're not looking. Um, so you can even add in there a, no, I said to look at me. That's like the next stage. So you don't want to like say, I'm going to start training my dog to look at me. And the dog looks at you and you're like, good. Now, ha, huh, I'm going to give you a correction for not doing it. And that's where a lot of these pause Nazis don't understand how to give a correction. Um, they don't understand when to give a correction. So they're only getting like, not even half, they're only getting like a quarter of the work done. Most, not all, but most trainers who are good professionals who do this full time and this is what they do. They understand how to use positive reinforcement. They use positive reinforcement all the time, but they also understand how to stop a behavior and how to get the dog to do it reliably um, without taking 20 sessions to teach set. Um, Catherine says, how can you get your owner trained service dog like mine public access test certified if it's only done through organizations? So you can reach out to them and see Catherine um, for us. I will run any dog through a public access test. I just charge the money for it. That's how we do it. Um, and then you'll get a copy of that. If you want to bring a friend, the friend can videotape it for you, or I'll bring Rich and he'll videotape it on your phone if you want it to, to be that way. Um, so I have no problem doing that, doing a public access test on a dog who I didn't train. Um, but because I don't know the dog, I'm going to make sure that the dog is ready for it. Because if I'm putting my name on this dog, even saying that this dog passes this test, I'm going to make darn sure that dog deserves to pass the test. Not that I'm going to be harder, but, you know, for example, Holstein's been out here, I don't know how many times already. Um, and I know how much work his owner's been doing because we've been in contact. We've been talking about this stuff. And it's, you know, like I, I've already been seeing him. I've been seeing him. I've been seeing him and I've been seeing him. So I know him. Um, and I know when we were doing like the canine good citizens, mostly when we lived up in Gainesville years ago, I was one of the first ones to, to be an AKC um, CGC evaluator in Gainesville. So I get a lot of people who wanted to get the test. And I remember my very first exam that I did for somebody who was outside of the dog club, because we did the dog club events, which is why I got it. Um, she wrote down the dog was a mixed breed. I'm like, no, the dog's a Rottweiler. Like the dog's like, you've got a Rottweiler. You know, if you look up Rottweiler in the dictionary, like it's gonna be a picture of your dog. Thinking I'm helping, right? And she's like, he's a mixed breed. And I'm like, no, he's not. Like seriously, like you have a Rottweiler. Like I'm so excited. I know the dog's breed. And she's like, my apartment complex doesn't allow Rottweilers. He's a mixed breed. And I'm like, dude, you can call him a Chihuahua. It don't make him a Chihuahua. So what we saw those, that was my first CGC one. I remember that one. Um, people would come up to the training center. We'd meet with people in parks and the dogs were terrible. We actually were doing one. I remember for the, um, one of the rescue groups where for every pit bull that they had who got a CGC, they would get 25 or $50 from this organization. So we had, you know, a couple days where we just blocked off the whole day to do CGC and, and we got a whole bunch of people in there to do them. And some of these dogs failed. Some of these dogs barely passed, you know, and I don't want that. I want the dogs to do amazing, not, eh, you just scrape by or no, your dog's pulling you all over the place. That is not what I want to say. So yeah, you, you can reach out Catherine. If you live within driving distance of us, we live in central Florida. Um, you know, we can meet up and do it as well. Um, Carolyn says, sorry, I'm late. We'll watch later. Well, Carolyn, if you're still on, I want to know how Romeo's doing. Um, or if you want to message me about it whenever you're watching it later, let me know how Romeo's doing. Um, Anjanette says, that's what I have is the waste. We're doing a five-day hardcore with my husband, not acknowledging Moose since he's my service dog. That's good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Nicole says, do you need to go to Disney with you do the, due to the public access test? Um, we don't need the public access test to go to Disney. Um, again, legally, 
there's nothing saying you need to have the public access test. Like we do it to have proof that the dog passed the public access test, right? To show that like, look, on this day, at this location, my dog did this. Um, but no, I don't carry like, I'd carry the binder like whenever I travel, but I'm not going to take it like to Disney with me. But say I drive up to visit my parents in Myrtle Beach, I'm going to grab the girls' binders and throw them in my bug out bags for them because it's just, it's easier. And then if we're up there, I can track their training and their logs. Um, it, say they have to go to the vet. I've got all their medical records right there, you know, and it's just a little bit easier. Um, but no, like no place is going to say, show me your public access test. Um, it's just something for us. And so Catherine says, that's exactly what I'm looking for, except I'm in Virginia. So what you can do, Catherine, is reach out to some professional trainers up there. Um, again, you can check the AKC CGC site and see if anyone can take you through them. If you get somebody who can do, um, who does service dog training, now be careful, because like I said, Petco and PetSmart people think they can do service dog training and no, stop it. You know, a lot of people think they can do service dog training because they see a service dog going for thirty to sixty thousand dollars, and they're like, "I want to train a dog for thirty to sixty thousand dollars." And then they're like, "I'm going to teach a block cover and deep pressure therapy." No, like it's so much more than that. Um, and I've seen it up in uh, where we used to live. A couple trainers were like, "I hung out with Vicky, and she trained service dogs, so I can train service dogs." And I'm like, "No." There's so much more that you don't see that goes into it. And it's ridiculous. Astoria says, hey, hey, I'm just tuning in. I'm glad you could join us. And Carolyn says, Romeo's doing okay. Unfortunately, other matters have taken precedence, as you can imagine. Yeah, hopefully he will settle down soon with everything. Good. Um, Carolyn says he also saw the groomer today. And she said he was very good. That's awesome. So um, Romeo, when he was here, he went home last week. I shaved his beak um, because I, he needed to see. And so he looked, he looked so different than he did because... He had um, a fuller beak it drop off, but his coat grows so fast. And that's same with Roma. Her coat grows so fast. Like every week I do it. And I'm even looking at her, her little palms on her ankles. And I'm like, I think I'm going to make those shorter next time we do it because they just get so dirty with everything outside. But they're so cute. But then I'm also like, it's puppy fur. So as she gets older, um, you know, it'll be the poodle fur, not the puppy fur, hopefully. So yeah, good. I'm glad. I'm glad that she said that he was good. Um, a story says, I usually keep our binder in my car. Yep, that's perfect. Yep. Um, Nicole says, no. Okay, does somebody need to go take the public access test at Disney with you to take it with you? Do you give the test outside of Disney? Oh, yeah, of course we do, Nicole. Yep, yep. So we need to meet out in public for it. So, like, Walmart's a great place. I, I usually do it either at Walmart or at public. So one of them goes this way, one of them goes that way. I, I have done the public access test at Disney. Um, it's usually, like, whatever works for people. Um, I'm trying to think if I've done it to anybody who's not been one of my people. I don't think so. I think I've only done it for our people. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm open to doing it. Maybe one or two people I've done it who haven't gone through us. But here's what happens is a lot of people think they want to have a service dog and they get the puppy or they get a dog or they start looking into it and they realize how much work it is. And it's very overwhelming. And they're just like, mm -mm, not going to do it. It's kind of like me with a nonprofit, right? Like, I know what my next step is. I need to get the okay from the third person and then contact the organization. And like, then we need to come up with the bylaws and it's very overwhelming, um, especially with everything else I've had going on with my personal life. And it, it hasn't gotten done. Um, Rich wants to get, you know, the siding finished on the house. If we get the siding finished on the ranch. Then we can fix the, the screen doors that the dogs have had fun with. You know, they look terrible. But we haven't done that yet because it can be overwhelming with things. So the nice thing with working with us is we have the three different levels. We have a level, guys, for $97 a month. How much is $97 a month? It's like a pizza a week for a year. So don't eat pizza one night a week for a year. And instead, you can take our online service dog training program. And that's at howtotrainyourservicedog.com or message me and I'll add you to it. Um, but it's howtotrainyourservicedog.com. And it's $997 or $97 a month for 12 months. And that gets you access to our full and complete service dog training program online, which has the nine different modules, everything from service dog basics to marker training, equipment, um, marker training, you know, doing it, you know, so using it, how to do it, um, leash work, uh, service dog skills, 
under, center, touch, service dog tasks, some of these tasks that we were talking about tonight, actually, I think all of them that we were talking about tonight, um, public access, how to do that, how to use the bathroom with your service dog, like we cover all of that in this course, it is an amazing course, but wait, there's more, you also get our 60 days to your dream dog course, and that is our pet dog course, so if you come to me with, you know, pet issues or behavior issues, that's the course that you get. So that takes you through nine weeks of training. And it's an intensive nine weeks. Like, I don't want people who aren't going to do the work. But I also try to keep it easy. Um, so we have those. And so you can run through together. Some of the videos are the same. Some of them aren't. Um, in that one, we have the e-collar stuff. I don't have e-collar under the service dog one. But so we have that. You also get our potty training workshop, which is the perfect potty training system for puppies. And our essential oils and dogs holistic dog training courses. So we had a four-week one two years ago that we recorded, and that's on there. We have a bunch of the webinars, a bunch of the informational things that we did. So that's our online suite of courses. You get four main ones, the service dog, 60 Days to Your Dream Dog, potty training, and the holistic side, the essential oils and dogs. You get all four, all of them, just more video than you can watch. Um, for that $997 or $97 a month for 12 months. Then the next tier up has all of those online courses, private training sessions with us, and that's either here at the ranch or via video. So we plan video calls. If you're an Apple user, we use FaceTime. Most people are Apple users. If you're not, we have some other things that we can use, and we set up and we do the FaceTimes face-to-face, -face, and it works out beautifully because I get to see exactly what's going on and coach you through it. Um, if you do live locally, you get to come to group classes in the villages, meetups at Disney, and field trips around Central Florida. Okay, you get all of that is three thousand, which, considering one thousand is the cost for the for the online course itself, like three thousand is a steal, because it's not for five lessons, it's not for five months, it's not for five weeks. It's what you need. So when questions come up, you let me know what's going on. And then we have our big program, which is our $6,000 program, and that includes the online courses, that whole suite of online courses, personal training as much as you need, the group classes, the meetups at Disney, the field trips, plus our five-week intensive immersion boot camp here at the ranch, which is amazing. And when the dogs come, we do whatever they need. It's a very custom program. I'm not going to say, oh, this is exactly what we do. So some dogs, we just work on task training. Other dogs, we work heavily on public access training. Other dogs, they need the basics. And so I'm teaching them sitting down. Um, other dogs, we're doing just a little bit of everything and seeing what we call sticky points, like where the dogs having issues so we can help work them through those issues. If the dog's doing great in everything, then it just, they get better. So it is fantastic. And our program's fantastic. So what we find is that people who are committed to having the best service dog will find a way to do at least the $97 a month program because it's only for a year. And like most people, even if you're like, I don't have an extra $100 a month for a year, stop buying Starbucks. Don't go to the movies a few times. Um, you know, put the money into your dog training. It's going to grow your knowledge. It's going to grow your skills. It's going to make your service dog be the best service dog they can be. All right. <clears throat> so Kimmy says service dog training, even dog training in general, is much more than meets the eye. There's so much work, and it takes a lot out of you. But if you keep driven and passionate and focus on your goals, it is so worth it. It's empowering even on the hard days. It is. It is. It is. I love doing what I do. You know, it's it's best. It's the best job. Um, being able to, to help people out with their dogs. And that's the service dogs, that's the pet dogs. You know, we do aggression rehab, we do fearful dogs, we do everything. And it's fantastic. Um, and Astoria says, a little off topic, I'm wondering if you have any tips for public work with a certain teenager who's decided he'd like to break constantly to solicit attention. For now, I'm planning on getting a simple training, do not interact vest, and taking some steps down to pets friendly outings or outdoor places where people tend to gather, work on redirecting and focus work. Yep, that sounds good. People come up to you and want to pet them? No. So you can hold out your hand, stop them in their tracks as they're coming over. Um, if he wants to go up and do it, he's going to get a correction for it because he's old enough to know not to do that, and he's just pushing your buttons to see what all he can get away with. Um, so for that, uh, if someone comes up and say like Gypsy, right? Cause she's my Yay! dog. So if, if, uh, she, hi, she wants to go say hi, no consequence, right? 
she's going to come over to me. I'm going to work her. I'm going to engage her. And then I'm going to talk to the person too. So this is where I'm having my dog being bilingual, which means my dog responds to verbal releases, which is break and clicker releases works because I can talk to the person and I can still work my dog. And I might not be looking at one or the other the whole time, but I want that dog to focus on me, not on the big wide world. Okay. So I've been talking now for over an hour, almost straight. Uh, if you guys don't have any more questions, I'm going to sign off here. I'd still like to know what you guys would like to hear in the podcast. So go ahead and comment with that. Um, you can tag me in it if you'd like to as well. So I'll make sure I get it or just message me through the Dream Dog Central Florida Dog Training Facebook page. Um, join our group called How to Train Your Service Dog. Our podcast is called How to Train Your Service Dog with Dream Dogs. And our um, online course is called How to Train Your Service Dog.com. And our main website, though, is dreamk9.com. That's D R E A M, the letter K and the number 9.com. So story says, thanks, just waiting for a replacement remote to come in for our e-collar because it's busted. Eh, it's terrible when that happens, yeah. It's happened to us a few times. Um, okay, then I wish you guys a fantastic week, and Thursday's my birthday. So um, have fun and train on. And check out our Facebook group, How to Train Your Service Dog, our podcast, How to Train Your Service Dog with Dream Dogs, our online course, How to Train Your Service Dog.com, and our real website, which is dreamk9.com. Okay. See y'all there.